Hi, folks. It's the voice again. <laughs> I hope you're still listening. Um, some of this episode may get me in trouble, but I promise you, I'm going to always be real and honest with you, even though it may not be popular. I will give you my truth. One of the interesting things about having a child is that far too often the woman goes through the whole gauntlet by herself other than conception. And I think that is so unfortunate because I think as a man that any man who's who's man enough to deposit his sperm should be man enough to be with that lady through the entire cycle of pregnancy to understand what she goes through. And only then can he truly appreciate the miracle of birth and his ownership as father is, is grounded forever. And that's what I did. I just find that far too often men just don't understand that women, I know they're demanding at times, but pregnancy is a very, very sacred thing. And it takes two, generally, to make this occur. So two should share the experience. I remember many times Prince's mother saying, at 1.30 in the morning, I want some pickles. I didn't know what to keep in the house because I didn't know what kind of cravings would come. But I appeased whatever she needed. I took care of everything so that she could relax and have our child. But what it did, it changed my outlook. It changed my attitude because I became part of it. I wasn't just visiting. And I think men need to understand the importance of of being with the person who's about to have your child. And I think if you're not willing to do that, then don't deposit your sperm because it's just not fair to do that. I didn't realize that when I was, excuse the pun, a dog in my day. But at least I evolved to the point in my life where I understood what it meant. And that's what I learned in being with Princess Mother. I remember the day that she went to the clinic and I was working and I got a call that her water had broken at the clinic. And I said, perfect. And they took us straight to the hospital. And we were there, I'd say maybe eight hours. And the pain started, really started. And it was something really strange the man came to give her the epidural. And she said, oh, thank you very much. And he said, where are you from? She said, West Africa. He said, I can tell you are American girl. You be saying, give me that shot right now. <laughs> and, and he gave her the shot. And he said, thank you for being so polite. Now, I remember prior to just the, the last moments of labor, when when the, when the pain and the pushing is combined, and she's 
saying to me, I can't, I can't do this. Now, here's a lady whose whole life is predicated on having children. And she's had miscarriages, awful, awful realities. And I leaned over and said to her, this is your time. Man told you you couldn't. This is your time. Now you suck it up. You take the pain. Because on the other side of that pain is joy that will last for the rest of your life. And you won't even remember the pain. And do you know she never made another sound? I can almost hear your comments now, right? Well, that's what she did. (laughs) I was very proud of her for that. But it shows you the man is a part of it. He needs to be there for support. Trying to imagine telling my American counterpart, you know, don't. Oh, God, no, I, I wouldn't even waste my time because I already know the reaction. The main thing is you get through it, you experience the joy, and a new life begins, and it's everything about it is up to you. And that's when I began to realize that being a father is not an accident. And I noticed. The mother became territorial. She didn't want me to hold a baby. She didn't want me to do much of anything. This is her baby. And I said, am I missing something here? She said, what? I said, okay, nothing. I didn't want a confrontation about it, but I noticed it. She admitted it sometime later. But two people working together to raise a child or children has a much greater outcome. And I knew that because remember I told you in segment one, my mother raised seven of us. My father disappeared after he impregnated her and was never seen again. I was raised without a father and I knew I would never allow a child of mine to come into this world and I, I not be a part of their lives or life. And that established something in me that gave me a foundation on which to be a father because I didn't want her to go through that. There's a void in my life right now because I've never known the man who was my father. And it does leave something empty. Well, I'm telling you guys, Princess will never experience that. I've been with her every day of her life. And she has blossomed into a beautiful 14-year-old child now. Believe it or not, she's already six foot one. She's very bright. And she has given me something I never knew I had. Remember the guy said, I'm not having kids. They take over your life. I can't imagine my life without her. I was so pleased and impressed with that new life coming into being right in front of me that I wrote a lecture called The Gift That Gave Me My Life Back. And it was all about her. I thought I was happy gallivanting here and there. I wasn't happy. Happy was becoming a father. 
knowing that you had another life that depended on you for everything and you had to protect and nurture it. If I die tomorrow, I want to be remembered for the kind of father that I was and that I was a man of character. I respect. My mother used to tell us, when you're out looking for someone to spend your life with, remember, if you treat your love like a sale at Walmart, then don't act surprised that the only thing you attract are bargain shoppers. Remember that. Most people who talk about love in your life, they're just visiting. They're not staying. They're just visiting. And you've got to discern the difference. It took me a while, but I finally figured it out. And Princess told me when she was four, she said, Daddy, when I go to college, I don't want you to be alone. I said, I know, dear. She didn't understand about Agnes. But you know, when I was learning how to love Princess, believe me, it was a learning experience after all that singleness. Learning how to love her taught me, or showed me, I should say, that maybe my heart was ready for true love again. And that I should open up and let someone in. That's the gift she gave me. And it means everything to me. So when I say the other love of my life, she truly is the love of my life. And I can't wait for her to graduate because she wants to be a physician. And she has a 98.2 GPA, eighth grade. She does math on a 12th grade level. She reads on the second year college level. And I never have to tell her to do her homework. She's in a program called AVID. And you have to have an A average to even be in the darn thing. But the students who are there, they love it because they travel more than anyone else in the school. And I couldn't be more proud of her. I know some of you listening may have children. I hope you will not forget to tell them how much you love and are proud of them. You may not think we hear it, but we do. We really do.